Bibbs Music Room. I'm your host, Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything you can. Now, here we go in three, two, one. All right. Um, this week we're joined by Taylor. Hello. Hey, hey. So, I want to start each week going around and saying our favorite song of the week. All right. Tyler, you want to start us oh, off? That's a tough one. I know. My favorite You'll song be... of the week changes every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could do How of the you? day, I guess. But um, also one that um, I'm doing a drum cover of uh, The Thread is Real by Megadeth. I'm going to do a drum mm-hmm. cover of that one. What album is that off of? Uh, Dystopia. So like the, that's what I thought. I was yeah. just going through that because I've been listening to Death from Within off of that album. That's a good one. Yeah, that's the one where uh, Chris Adler from Lamb of God yes. played on that album. Yeah. They should have just kept them. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Oh, man. I don't know. That's a good question. I've been listening to a lot of skate rock late, like recently, and I mean, that's kind of a broad umbrella term, but I'd say probably. Man, I don't know. I gotta like I gotta remember what songs I'm even listening to. I'd say probably uh Every song these in Skate guys. Three. What's that? Every song in Skate Three. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um no, what's the name of that song? I was just listening to it in the car. It was uh Oh You're wrong and I'm drunk next attempt. I've been listening to it. I think I know that song. So I don't. Yesterday we were talking about skate punk. So is and you said skate rock. Uh-huh. Now, y- yesterday we were talking about how skate punk is just punk music played by skaters. Is Kinda. skate rock just rock music played by skaters? I think the difference between skate punk and skate rock is that punk kind of draws influences from ska. So oh yeah. Skate rock is like, you know, it's like skating, and listening to Leonard Skinner, you know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> the, the influ- influences are different for skate rock versus skate punk. But like I yeah. said, it's more of an umbrella term because you could listen to Green Day and say that's skate rock, mm. you know? To me, it's just when I throw on headphones and get on a skateboard, I want to hear the songs that I'd hear on, like, Tony Hawk's Underground, mm. you know? Like, that's that's what I'm thinking of. And a good example of that is Sedona by Junk Bunny. And mm. Junk Bunny is a band I've really been getting into. I think you know them, right? I think so. I've shown you some of their songs. I, th- I think I've shown you some They kind of blew up, but they got on the remaster of Tony Hawk's Underground, or Pro Skater 1 and 2. Okay. And Sedona is skate rock, I think. And that's a really, really good song. Really good band. I think everybody should listen to Junk Bunny. They're so good. Yeah, I think the, the main difference between a skate punk and skate rock is a skate rock that actually learn how to play their instruments. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah cause, I'm, you just, know, I'm just punk, kidding I'm just kidding punk they just throw a guitar down the stairs and and that's pretty much the guitar track <laughs> and they just throw drums over it and then scream yeah exactly okay well my um, favorite song of the week um, is Girl Scout Cookies by Mom Jeans I know you all know it but I've literally been listening to that song on repeat and screaming all the lyrics Every single day, probably for the past week. Um, what was that song that you put on the uh, the post? Oh, microwave trash yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, Hannah definitely uh, thought that I posted that. Well, yeah, it was me. I'm the one with the good, good taste of music. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. About to punch you uh. off that stool. <laughs> um. 
Well, I was telling Tyler, like, I don't know much about your music background at right. all. So you want to take us kind of through that? Yeah. So, like, I grew up on dad rock, you know, ACDC, Van Halen, all the the typical stuff. And both my parents were pretty much in the national line. And also, I was very influenced by bluegrass from a young age. My grandfather played in a bluegrass band in Florida called the Fleas. They played in the flea market and used to listen to bluegrass with him every time I'd hang out with him. And then after my parents split up in 09, my dad started a band and he learned how to play guitar. And he was like, hey, do you want to learn how to play guitar with me? So I was like, yeah, sure. Bought this. uh, Originally, I had a PV Raptor guitar. It's like a Strat knockoff. And then my dad bought this Gibson knockoff, Les Paul knockoff of Bentley. No name guitar from years ago. It turned into the Austin guitar brand, actually. Come oh. find out. For $100 from a buddy, and that was like my main guitar. And Bibbs will remember because when we played in Detroit together. Oh, actually, no, I didn't. I don't think I was using that guitar. I, I think that was when I was using the Telly. The, the, the custom. One? Yeah, the orange one with the yeah. plain maple. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so no, then I was, I was playing that guitar in like Foo Fighters and stuff, which I guess I'm kind of. Skipping ahead, but I, I played in, in School of Rock with uh, Bibbs. I used to take lessons in uh, from Dave Phillips in Phillipsburg with a guy named Steve Gorduke, who was in Ground Zero, and a good friend of my parents, a good friend of mine, and he was like a second dad to me uh, in the music scene, and he taught me a lot. And then around 2015, I jumped over to School of Rock Easton because a friend of mine, Julia Gross, went there, and she's actually got a really good uh, music program going on in Nashville now. She's doing really well for herself. Oh, um... um. And, uh, Julia Lauren, I think is what I she think, goes by. I think um, Brady, the bass player in uh, Airspace, was just talking about uh, her. I think I think he also knows her. Aren't they from Australia, though? <laughs> what? I thought you said the guys from Airspace were from Australia or something. <laughs> no. At one point. Okay, maybe I'm just... I mean, that would make the, the, your band a million times cooler. <laughs> I no, swear to God, no you, offense, said, but... uh, you said... I mean, well, I mean, Chris, our singer, is from Florida. No, I swear to God, at one point you said, you were like, oh, I'm going to try joining this band. They're from Australia. I don't remember saying that. I, I this was the, like two have, years ago. I might have said they're alt-rock. Maybe. I swear to God you said Australia. Alt-rock, Australian, like, same thing. Damn, from Australia. They must be sucking in Australia. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I digress. So, yeah, I joined School Rock 2015. The first show I played was uh, Woodstock, tribute to Woodstock. Played a lot of like Jefferson Airplane and mm. uh, I don't even remember what. I didn't get the cool songs. I know that because I just got out of Rock 101. But mm. and did you get any Jefferson Starship songs or a Starship? I don't think it was Starship at the time. It was just Airplane for Woodstock. I think they were still Airplane. Oh really? Yeah. You know it's the same oh. band, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I made the joke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just your jokes never land, just like their airplane. Maybe. Got them. Okay. Anyway, that's why that I picked one up now. Spaceship. But, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, oh, man, Woodstock, Soul Giants, which was just a lot of, like, Aretha Franklin and stuff. Then, like I said, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters was awesome. I love Foo Fighters. Did Heart, uh, which was pretty cool. And then right around Detroit, I think I'm missing a, a one or two shows, but right around Detroit, that was, like, the I, my favorite show, I think, was Detroit. Detroit? Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I met, met you. Me. Yeah, you <laughs> met you and Iggy and Jack the Menace. And yeah, like all those guys. Yeah, but it, no, just musically and stuff. I mean, like, you know, we were playing. Oh God! Well, we played Nugent. 
And, oh uh, yeah, I've still played Nugent for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that one's stuck because it's a it's a classic among yeah. bars, but it's just a fun song to jam. Yeah, yeah. Well, did we even play Stranglehold? Right? Yeah, we did. And t- t- don't give me that look. Yes, we, I forgot. We played, okay, it's we been, played Stranglehold and we kept playing it for the next five. It's been years. like six years. Okay, I'm sorry. I did. <laughs> I thought well because we played when we did Dio and stuff in Going mm-hmm. Solo. We did. We didn't do like Holy Diver. We did Don't we Talk did to Strangers. Don't Talk to Strangers. And even another one. What was that other one that I was like, oh, this would be so much better? Was it another Dio song? Sammy Hagar, I think. Oh, a Sammy Hagar yeah, song? Yeah, because it was heavy metal that we did in Going Solo instead of like I Can't Drive 55 or anything oh, like that. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, that, you know, School of Rock is notorious for that. They put on really good quality shows considering it's a bunch of 10 to 18 year olds, but. Yeah. The, uh, the song choice is usually out of left field or it's the song that everybody knows like Foo Fighters you're getting ever long you're not getting wind up you're not getting enough space or anything like that it also depends on which teacher well right yeah if it's Travis he's gonna pick like um half deep cuts half popular songs not if even it's, it's gonna be like 80% regular radio tracks yeah. and if, if it's Jason ones. you might get one radio track yeah it's like yeah. all like unreleased deep cuts I love Jason man Jason was like because I had had uh, I had had Travis for like two shows it was like Heart and Foo Fighters and I he, I remember he asked me too he's like what songs do you, would you really want to be on and I'm like I want to play on Everlong dude and Barracuda you know for like Heart and Everlong and I, I never got it I don't know why he asked me, but he never gave it to me. And I and that was for Travis. Yeah, I never um, liked Travis for that reason. I don't know. The, the guy was a goof. But <laughs> and then we also had John Fatum for Woodstock and Soul Giants. You don't know John, I don't think. He might have. He might have left before I really got into that. Yeah, he he left because he had a son. I I don't. Or I think he he left because his son was starting preschool or something to that effect. His son's only like. Five or six years old now. Oh, okay. So, oh, so like back then, his son was like yeah, young, young. Yeah, okay. and John, John was a really cool guy, a little bit of a weird guy, but like you know, aren't we all? But uh, a really hell of a good guitar player, and I mean, he could play at anything, just about, if I remember correctly. But also, he had a very like cut and dry way of leading a show, you know. Whereas Jason was like this breath of creative fresh air. It was like, do whatever the. Fuck you want as long as it sounds. Also, good. I remember um, you know? in Detroit that was also his first show directing. Right. right. And that was also like my first show. So he might have changed over the years. I know he's pretty much the same. Well, like, I mean, like you know, he might have tightened up his oh his yeah production, yeah. the way he runs a show. Oh, he he definitely has um, tightened up like overall like how he runs the shows, yeah. but like in the way, in like the overall way he does with like. How he does like okay like the kids that are good get like a check mark and the kids that get a check mark get to vote for right. what songs they want next and then they can be on those songs like he still does all that stuff right yeah that's yeah that it was uh it was definitely like I said it was a breath of fresh air just being able to do it in a more creative way because Travis would be like learn the solo play the solo exactly how it's written and do not deviate and Jason would be like learn the solo and then if you want to throw some cool shit in there. Be my guest. As long as it sounds relatively similar, I could give two shits. And that was, I, as a guitar player, I was like, awesome. You know, that was the, great. You get to in- improvise for a show yeah. for once. Yeah. And because it, it, when you get to improvise like that, it gets to bring out your personality as a musician. You know, like, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was going solo. And I think you were, the, did, were you in going solo or no? Yeah. You were. So you remember me and Jared Getz. 
I tried to switch guitars with him because he had that Frankenstrat. Yeah, yeah. EVH Frankenstrat thing, and I thought that was a cool ass guitar, but. We had this little like guitar battle for I think it was heavy metal for the solo section. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And you know, and shit like that. So I just it was a total on the fly thing too. Like I was just like, hey, you know, what if we traded guitars? And and he's like, no way, you're not touching my Frankenstrat. I'm like, it's not even a real whatever. And I'd just be like, all right, well then, you know, let's do like a little like solo battle up there. And he was like, I know I remember he was a little apprehensive about it first, but I think the end product was cool. And you know, I even went up there and. And said to the crowd, like, hey, we're going to do something cool. So just sit back and watch. And I remember his dad going, he's going to kick your ass. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like, but, you know, so as a, like, if you were running your own show, I would hope that you were a creative type. Because as Jason is, being that creative type really takes, like, it, it breathes so much life into the shows. And I remember yeah. Detroit was, like, probably the best show that I was in. You know, and like that it was definitely was just, a really fun show. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, just for clarification reasons, because I'm not, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to the podcast probably don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, so probably, just, maybe. Just to yeah. clarify, so like, yeah. yeah, School of Rock is like a franchise that people can start up for like, I don't even know, it's like eight thousand dollars or something That's like it? that. Yeah, it's like it's like owning a McDonald's. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It sounds really dumb, but it is. And they charge like 300 bucks a month for the shows and, you know, and the instruction mm-hmm. and all that. And then you, once you graduate from Rock 101, which is when they make sure that you're ready for shows, they pick a bunch of shows each, it's like every four months or so. Yeah, it's basically like with every, like, actual, uh, like, season. So it's like, there's like a summer show. Yeah, summer, like, spring, yeah. fall, winter, yeah. and all that. and. Yeah, and they just drop you in. Like, they, they give you a selection. So I remember one year it was, like, Pink Floyd, I think. Uh, they did Zeppelin before I joined, and I was pissed about that because I want to do a Zeppelin show since forever. But they would just, you know, a bunch of, so say, like, The Who, and then one that's just Blink-182, and then one that's, like, oh, it shows from Seattle, and mm. you get, like, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and, and Nirvana and they stuff. they got to do a Cardi B show. Oh, <laughs> you really Please, no. <laughs> And so like, but they, they only also do like do, one show, like one performance, or is it like you learn the show and then you perform? You so times? see that was one gripe that I always had with School of Rock was that I wanted to learn theory desperately, and I know like a lot of guitar players are just rolling. Yeah, their eyes, they, but, they were very big yeah. on like learn you, the show. Yeah, learn the show, and then if you have leftover time, right. then you can start working on theory. But the thing is, like a lot of kids are young, so yeah. that by by the time they're finishing the show or like finishing the work, it's like all right time to learn new stuff like yeah. all new stuff so that, they never really got a lot that's of time that's what to i mean that's the stuff. gripe it's like so if you were lucky enough to get the show that ended at say like the beginning of may because you know they'd run two shows for one weekend two nights and then they'd have usually six shows so it'd be three separate weekends that and if you were lucky enough to get the first weekend then you'd have two weeks and one day of those weeks because like mine it was wednesday so i'd come in every wednesday and i'd sit down with whoever i was sitting with and, you know, usually you had the same instructor, but not always. But, and be like, all right, well, now we have two weeks. What do you want to do? And either you can get a jump start on the next show if they even release them yet. Or you could just, you know, oh, let's do some theory. Let's try some harmonic minor or mixolydian or whatever, circle of fifths, whatever you, you know. That's what I tried to do is the theory stuff because I found it interesting. And as a guitar player, I feel like it's just something you throw in your tool bag, you know. And stuff. Do I remember any of them? No. <laughs> I think I remember 
Okay. Pentatonic scale. I, th- I think our <laughs> well, obviously everybody knows pentatonic scale, but I, I think the one I remember the most is mixolydian or something. Mm. I couldn't tell you what they are because I forget all the different modes. But the, but uh, I mean, I'm lucky enough as a guitar player where it's like you can just as long as it sounds good, you don't have to know what scale you're playing. Yeah. I mean, just ask Van Halen or uh, Dimebag Daryl, you know. But that, in a nutshell, is School of Rock, and they just you know teach you how to play. In a band on stage, and like, yeah, you know, and I, th- I think it's a great program. Unfortunately, the Easton one, I think, might not have been the best. I actually went to the Somerville School of Rock. Oh, really? For a summer camp in 2014. I did, oh, I didn't know I did that. a Led Zeppelin summer camp. I never told you that. Yeah, Somerville. You never told me that, but it was like a long time ago. Yeah, 2014. It's been almost 10 years. Wow. I know, and that was the first time because I was trying to get into School of Rock, and I was like, my grandma was like, "Hey, you want to check out this?" Uh, the School of Rock in Somerville by us and I stayed at their house my grandparents house in, in Bridgewater and it was the same thing it was about a week long but at the end of the week all your family members come and sit down and watch what you played and we played all the classic Zeppelin tunes like we did Immigrant Song and we did do Stairway remember that um, you didn't do Stairway? no it's not the one song you have to do for a Zeppelin show well I mean yes and no but you also have to remember we were I was 14 some of the kids I was playing it was only four of us there was only four kids there's only four kids. Mm-hmm. So it was just... a summer camp. It wasn't, oh, okay. it wasn't an actual show. Like, we did go out to a bar and play like we did with actual School of Rock. It was okay. like just a summer camp, and it was just me, two other guys, a drummer, a bassist, and this kid uh, the sing, that sang that joined. And we also had our instructors playing with us. There was, like, two guys. Okay. And they were, it was really cool. Like, it was fun. You know, it was just a way for the parents to get the kids out of the house for a couple hours. But the two guys that I met, Sid and Bram, uh, which is short for Abraham, Okay. Um, I'm still, I'm still friends with them. I don't talk to them that much, but super big Zepp guys, and they were like two guys that really got me into Zeppelin and also like vinyls and stuff. I mean, I have a stupid big vinyl collection now. I don't really listen to vinyls all that much anymore. I have a pretty big time. vinyl collection too. But, but like I collected all of the Zeppelin albums on on vinyl and cassette first, thanks to those guys because they helped me out with that. But. I don't remember if I showed you, but I have like the um, the box set, with the Zeppelin box set thing. Maybe was it the Mothership one? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Mothership like box set. I hate that Mothership. One. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't like greatest hits CDs and all that. You know, like I remember when I first got my like iPod, I had a bunch of Zeppelin songs, and they were all off of Mothership. And it was, and then when I got older, and I was like, wait a minute, they're not. That's that's just a compilation album, basically. I'm like. You know, Immigrant Song isn't off of Mothership, quote-unquote. It's off of Led Zeppelin 2, or yeah. 3, rather. Yeah, you know? 3, I so, think. Yeah, it's 3. So I was like, oh, man. And I don't know why. It just bothers me. Mm. If I add a song and it's like, oh, ba- Breaking Benjamin's best hits, and I'm like, no, I want the actual album that it's off of. It's just I like, feel like... I feel like when they do OCD. greatest hits, I think the main reason they do that is to say they put out an album for their record company. If they don't want to put be, out... Yeah. An, I've actually heard about that. That's why they put out... Uh, live albums and like compilation albums because if the record company says like hey we need five albums in yeah. a seven year period yep. if they don't want to do a whole other album they'll just be like okay let's just grab all these songs we'll stick like three live songs in there or whatever yeah. and they'll put it out as an album so it just takes off like an album so they have just more time to work on their next album yeah I've heard that's that as probably, an actual thing that's probably the case for most of them for sure and it's also it's a, good, it's a, good, it's like, it's also a cash grab because yeah you're taking 
all of the statistically most popular songs and throwing them onto one CD. Yeah, and a lot so, of people that like just like listening to the radio or something yeah, like that. Exactly. There's a lot get of people, all the songs they like all in one. See, like, guys, listen. guys like you and me, like the three of us sitting here now, like we're the kind of people that like to sit down and actually dive into the music. Yeah. You're, t- you're talking about a CD that's released for people that go, oh, I like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it's just like the five most plays, you know, like our Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, like all these guys that you would see on the radio, but you're not actually going into the deep dives because no one, yeah, audiophiles, that's what we're called. You know, we're like super anal about music and picking it apart and so on. Like mm-hmm. we're the kind of people that, no, give me the whole album, dude. I want to sit here and I want to dissect everything that's going on. Like uh, either Hemispheres or um, Farewell to Kings. Rush. I dissected that album for days. You know, like that was so much fun to dissect. Rush is a really fun band to dissect, and oh, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> you but know. they're like tied with like my favorite band ever. So I yeah, mean, yeah, they're. Yeah. I, I know it's like to dissect their stuff, but it's Especially also like the kids. It's not just about the music dissection either, and, and figuring out what they're playing, where, what time signature, etc. But it's also like the story, the influence behind each yeah. song. And stuff. That's why I like Zeppelin so much because you can hear all their influences and they all sound like timeless. You throw on Kashmir, you know, you hear the influence. It's Middle Eastern. They were driving through the Kashmir province and, you know, Robert Plant, really big influence by Middle Eastern culture. In fact, I think his first or second wife was from the Middle East. Somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah, like Pakistan or something like that. Yeah. I, I forget offhand, but, and you can hear that. But also, like, because of that and also, like, the, the recording techniques and stuff. It's so timeless. You can throw cashmere on, you can throw stairway on. It sounds like it was recorded yesterday. Yeah, I, I, like I love that about bands when their their recording is so crystal clear. Yeah, and you, like I said, you can just throw it on, and it's like like you throw on, for instance, like the Beatles, like Abbey Road or something, or you know, Revolution. Even you know, you throw on uh, Buffalo Springfield um, for what it's worth. You know that those kind of songs, and they sound dated. You know, you can really, you, I swear to God, you can hear the technology that they're recorded on. Yeah. But then you get bands like Floyd, Zeppelin, uh, even ACDC to a point, you know, like guys like that. And some of their songs are just recorded so well, so perfectly. Like Jimmy Page is like the one of the greatest studio recording artists and producers ever. Yeah. And it shows like all of presence is timeless. I mean, you know, like it's still got that 70s sound, but like crystal clear it's so good i mean yeah houses of the holy you know everything sounds so good i could go on for hours about zeppelin and all the recording and stuff but you know but like i'm fascinated by that like late 60s to like let's say like early 80s period where recording technology was kind of in a, a shift and it sounds very dated for some band, but for other bands, it sounds like, again, like it was recorded yesterday. Yeah. Because then when you get into like the late 80s and early 90s, yeah, it's still mostly on tape and everything, but like, you know, Guns N' Roses and Alice in Chains and all those guys, like super clear recording, like Dirt is a good one. 94, mm-hmm. I believe that was, or six, uh, somewhere in that range. I forget offhand, but crystal clear, you know, yeah. mid 90s. And it's it sounds like it was recorded yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, like that technology that they started to use at the time, that's why. So, you know, it, it worked out in their favor. But when you're talking about bands like the Dire Straits or the Who or any of those guys, like from the late 70s, early 80s, even a little bit of Frampton, you know, like 
some of their recordings, they just sound dated. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's interesting to really look into and dissect, but like I love those bands that just they record so many songs and it sounds like it was recorded on Ableton Live with sure SM58s like all the perfect new technology that we have now, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds like it was just perfectly recorded. And then you go back and dive into it and go, "Oh no, they were using analog everything." You know? Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. It's beyond crazy. So, you did School of Rock and then somehow along the way you transitioned into being a pilot. Oh All no, right. that <laughs> No, no, you're throwing me under the bus now. <laughs> but so I'm assuming some of those bands you just listed are in your flying playlist. But do you have a designated flying playlist or what? Believe it or not, no. Really? Because well, this is something it's it's a bit of esoteric in nature, but the you don't have a lot of time to listen to music when you're in the cockpit, you know? Especially like for instance, like I fly out of Lehigh Valley International to Towered Airport, so constantly on the radios, constantly talking. And my headset that I got a couple of years ago, I can Bluetooth to my phone or I can Bluetooth my phone to the intercom in the airplane and play that way. But like my headset will, there's it has a function where when it detects either my voice or an external voice, it'll dim the music that's playing. So I could use it, but that pisses me off. <laughs> the constant back and forth, back and forth. So if I fly like across country, then yeah, like if I'm going... Uh, I'm not really talking to anybody, and I'm going a couple hours, like, say, Hagerstown, Maryland. I remember I had my um, my playlist going, but I actually don't have a flying playlist, believe it or not. I have liked songs on Spotify, about 1,200 songs, and I just go, boop, and mm-hmm. whatever comes on, comes on. So you're not the type to, like, categorize all of your music. It's just, like, all of your liked that's, no, what, that's I, why I do. I categorize everything. No, I do have playlists, but only for certain things. Like, I, I could show you right now. Like, I have a skate rock playlist. I have Alice in Chains, Rush, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Pantera. Like, all the bands that I listen to the most will have their own playlist. Um, I have uh, a playlist for, like, uh, what do you call it? Road trips. Mm-hmm. So, songs like Tool that are, like, 13 minutes long. Yeah. So, because, <laughs> you, you know, like... Out. You listen to a lot of songs on a on a road trip. They're two to five minutes long, and if you listen to a thirteen minute song, it's gonna make that trip go a lot faster. Yeah, um, yeah. Podcasts do the same mm-hmm. thing. I, yeah. I, when I drove to Arizona when my brother moved out there, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what the podcast is called, but it's um, it was about like they talked like these guys talked about like just like evil people that like people just don't realize. They're just like people that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> what? And um, uh, what, what's like the old actor, like the cowboy actor, John, John Wayne. Wayne? John Wayne. Yeah, they were talking about John Wayne, and they were going off about how awful of a person he was. And there, there was like three episodes about this dude. It was like like a like episode mm-hmm. like John Wayne part one. Well, John, John Wayne, part Wayne two. Wait, wasn't John Wayne? John Wayne was played by Clint Eastwood, right? Or am I getting that mixed up? John Wayne was the actual actor. Was it? Yeah. Okay, I'm getting that mixed up. But um, during the podcast, they went into like a lot of stuff. Like, he he was an awful. He uh he threw the guy that got him into acting like under the bus and like was like I'm taking your role in this movie because I'm <laughs> I'm calling you out for something. Yeah. And then like he got like thrown out, and then John Wayne's like I'm taking this role. He's what we call a method actor. He's always, yeah. He's always in character. Yeah, but um, something that was funny is during the end of that, like them talking about him. The way he died was actually so funny. He got nuked by the U.S. government, 
and I'm not even kidding. They, they were shooting a movie in like Nevada okay. where they like where they like test like nukes or something on like the salt flats or something like that. Bikini Atoll, maybe. Yeah, somewhere where they like they test like nukes and bombs and stuff. Right. They were filming like some like Western thing there, and they're like, "Hey, we're dropping bombs here. This might have negative oh, effects." And, yeah, and he's yeah, just like, "Like, no, nah, I'll be fine. Like, I'll just, I'll just deal with it. Let me just shoot this movie. I'm awesome." Yeah. And then they shoot the movie. Yeah, he dies of radiation poisoning. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant he literally got a bomb dropped on him. And I was like, that would be funnier, though. That would be funnier. <laughs> Talk about big iron on his hip. <laughs> Do you think they're still able to like release that footage from the movie? Probably. I don't, I don't think he died on the spot. I think he uh, died yeah, afterwards. Radiation poisoning is something that takes a long time to kill you. Yeah. Depending on how bad you get it. Acute yeah. poisoning. Acute Turns into a ghoul from Fallout. But he's like in he's like in the scenes of like the bomb going off. Or no, no, they were area? just like what he's saying is they filmed like a movie pretty close to the bomb testing site, and he died oh. from radiation poisoning because it gets in the yeah, air for, and yeah, drifts yeah. Over. So so he technically died because he got he he fully took on all the effects of being bombed by the U.S. government, <laughs> just except the thermal part of it like the thermonuclear part of yeah, it. yeah he didn't get killed by the blast the but heat, it was it yeah. was the nuke that, the shock that killed wave. Him. he didn't get the heat and the shock wave but he got the poisoning the, the yeah. radiation he got the after effect yeah yeah i i sometimes listen to a podcast i'm not really huge on podcasts but uh i you probably don't know you might know but i'm a pretty big nascar fan yeah so my favorite driver has a well retired now has a podcast called the dale jr download and i listen to that uh, I at least watch the videos on YouTube because they, they post, like, videos and stuff. And, How old is he now, do you know? Oh, uh, Junior's, like, he was born in 74, I think, so he's about 48, 49, I think, something like that. He's not too old, but he retired because he had too many concussions. Oh. Just stupid accidents on the track, and it just put him out of action. Just He had, like, two or three, and they're like, yeah, one more, and you're probably going to either suffer permanent brain damage or you're going to die. Yeah, like, I've, yeah, yeah, I've a long time ago. I heard that if you get like thirteen or fourteen concussions, like that's like enough to kill you. Mm, it's but, less than that. But then there's also people that are like, um, I like think. Johnny Knoxville, like uh, Steve-O, where they yeah. they have like they've gotten like sixty and they're well not fine, but they're alive. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Steve-O is like immune to everything at this point. So yeah. I don't know how you're that... talking about a guy who chugs beer up his butthole and <laughs> and also took hot ones, hot sauce, and like in his eye we just watched the video of um what happened after he like lit himself on fire yeah. he put jet fuel on the ground and then did snow angels in it and then then lit it on fire and of course the dust that was like, the stuff was on him and then didn't go to the hospital for five days yeah he was doing like a to like a touring comedy yeah. show and he just had like like stopping like nurses come and help him yeah and like somebody came in and they're like you need to go to the hospital and they're like dude your skin like we can't you, your skin's not going to heal on its own you have to get like new skin yeah he needed um, he, that's he a good song by incubus new skin <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah they told him that he had to get like a like a skin graft is it graft or graft? Yeah. Graft. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So they told me to get a new uh, skin graft, and then after, after he got it, um, they're like, "Here's like the addresses of the people that like the loved ones like Who g gave you skin." You, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, maybe I should thank thank them." But then he's like, "Actually, maybe I shouldn't because I don't think they want to know that we took that they took skin from like their dead dad or grandpa." 
because I let I let myself on fire with jet fuel. I don't think they want to learn about that's why yeah. they had to do that. So he's like, you know, what? I'm just not going to say anything to them. That's fair enough. Yeah, Junior's podcast isn't anything like that, but it's like it's just they kind of recap the the weekend races. Like mm-hmm. Richmond's on it right now, and I think yeah, they they did like the Xfinity and Truck Series last night. So, but I, I like to catch up and just like see what's going on with his life because. He's a super cool guy, like, very laid back, Mooresville, North Carolina, got that on the back of the, kind of accent on the back of the tongue. Yeah. You know, very laid back guy, and, uh, like, just a really good man all around, but seeing how, like, I follow his Xfinity team, uh, I love those guys, they were kicking major ass last year, and I, I follow those guys, like, religiously. But uh, this year they've been kind of sucking after their star driver moved up to the Cup Series for Richard Petty, actually. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's like the only podcast I really tune into. And mm. I know my buddy uh, listens to that like religiously, like every episode, all the way through as soon as it comes out. How long has it been a thing? And Oh, God. Since like 2017 or 18. I'm oh, so say. he's got like a decent amount of Yeah, like, like you're talking out. like 400 episodes or better, okay. I think. It's probably more than that by now, but I would I would love to get a probably this would be a lot of work to do, but getting like a Mario Andretti on here. <laughs> yeah, or, maybe or maybe his not. son if if it, that's his son. No, don't, come, like, no, no, you don't want you don't want a Marco. You don't Marco's kind of a no. I'll get but, Michael. Uh, I'll get Michael. Or no, no, sorry, I got it. Michael. Michael's the the jerk oh, off. Yeah, okay, then I'll get then I'll get Marco. Marco's the cool one. Yeah, and then uh, I heard Marco's son. Oh. I I think. It might be the bass player of my band. Mm-hmm. Might, like, not know his son, but, like, know of his son. Yeah. Apparently he's, like... Just get Mario. I'm telling you. The dude, like, he's a, bit, he's a busy for an 89-year-old or however old he is. We know. gotta go. That'd be cool, though. 81, We saw him on um, National Donut Day last yeah, year at Duck Donuts. Yeah, we saw him at Duck Donuts. So if we yeah. go back and we see him getting some donuts, just, just stop him. Yeah. yeah. It was, did I tell you about that story? I don't... Think so. So me and her went to a uh, Duck Donuts on National Donut Day because I think they were giving out like a, like was it one free donut yeah, or something like per customer. So good, yeah. Or is that like near here? Where is no, that? No, it's in Allentown. Allentown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, we're like walking up to it, and there was like th- that like brand new like a uh, Corvette that looks like it's like a Ferrari. The C8. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite. And yeah, I, I was like, car. I was like, this is a really nice car. So whoever's in this store right now, mm-hmm. they have money. And we walk in, I'm like, Mario, Mario Andretti. <laughs> that makes makes sense. I got the car for free. Ferrari. He's a Ferrari boy. Well, yeah. kind of, sort of. Anyway, uh, didn't he have a Chevy deal at some point? So he yeah, had, he has I a think sh- when he drove an Indy car, I think he was driving Chevy. Yeah, because his, really, his model is a Chevy. I, I don't really follow like Formula One and Indy car that much. So he could have gotten that car for free. I know when he, he used to drive a NASCAR too back in the oh, 60s. Did he? he actually won the Daytona 500 back oh, in like wow. 63 or something. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he did that in... Oh, maybe it was a Torino. I th- I thought he was in a uh, an Impala or something like that. Back when they drove like the actual cars they would sell on Sunday or on Monday. But uh, yeah, if you look it up, you'll see it's like a blue car with a gold roof, red number, I think. And he was even in Cars, like the movie. Oh like, yeah, I remember that. End. Yeah, yeah. You know the dude, the the Little rusted cameos. car, the rusted yeah. car. He's like Mario Andretti knows my name. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then his bumper falls off. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> It's like he's got his name on his license plate on the bumper. <laughs> man, man, I love those old, like, uh, I don't remember if I, if I, like, told you this specifically, but, like, dude, K- 
kids movies, oh like an animated God. kids movies. Yeah, I I love them. Like, like Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> Kung Fu Panda one through three, my favorite movies. I feel like somehow my, my brother bring this too. Up like, dude, on every podcast, dude, bring up Kung Fu Panda. Th- this will be a music podcast, but we Kung Fu Panda music podcast. Like, oh, bring yeah. it up. Everybody's kung fu fighting. Dude, the first time I heard that song, I didn't know it was Jack Black singing it. Which one? Kung fu fighting? Yeah. Well, it's, the original it's, one. It's CeeLo Green and Jack Black. Is it? I thought the original one was from like the 90s or something. That's probably the original one, but when they covered it for the movie. Yeah, though. they did cover it though. That's okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was Jack Black at the end. I just thought yeah. it was like CeeLo Green doing all of it. I don't know. I mean, well, if you know anything about Jack Black now, especially like with Tenacious D and all that, you know, yeah. like he's going to, if there's anything musical involved, he's probably got yeah. a part in it. I can't wait to hear him in Mario as Bowser. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Did you see the interview, too, where he was all dressed up as Yeah, Bowser he was dressed up. He had like the, nobody sort of like the spikes else was dressed on and up. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love Jack Black. I would love to meet and hang out with Jack Black. Like, yeah. He's one of my favorite people. He's, I f- he's just got that, like, the. He's so funny. Everything he says is just funny. Yeah. You know? And and the energy, too. I mean, like, I could recite, like, half of the Tenacious D songs from memory. Oh, yeah. And all the parts where he just goes, you know, and it's like, it's really yeah, fun. To, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I love that about Jack Black. Like, he's just, and he's, again, just a really cool, really good person. Yeah. Like, the dude is one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Oh yeah, and I love that about him, and and uh, just fun guy to hang out with. And you probably heard about Wolfgang Van Halen with the whole Twitter. I don't want to say controversy because it's not really controversial. I don't know. So like, what is this dude Wolfgang gets so much heat because of his last name, and he's like, dude, it's not my fault. My dad was the King Edward Van Halen. You know, it's just happenstance. And like this dude, if you pull up the tweet, it's like another. Another superstar, like, riding off of his, his, uh, a famous last name, like, his father's success. Like, so many people give him shit for using his father's name, you know, and, and his contacts and whatever. And, like, you know, and he's like, your father didn't have that. Your uncle didn't have that. Every guy in that band didn't have that. They started from nothing and blah, blah, blah. And he's like. But it's not his fault for just yeah, having Yeah, no, that. but the response was the best. He, he tweeted a response, and he just goes. Van Halen is literally my name, you fucking grape. And it's been, yeah, and it's it's been trending and shit. Like I, I would, I love that. And then he had a Twitter poll where he goes, "I guess I'll change my last name since Van Halen is a famous band name." So he had a poll. It was like Led Zeppelin, The Who, AC/DC, and Paul McCartney, and Led Zeppelin won. So if you look at his Twitter handle now, it says Wolfgang Led Zeppelin. Oh really? Yeah. And that's funny. Wolfie is like one of my favorite people musicians like he's putting out a new album soon right yeah he just released uh one song off of it and yeah I, I August to 4th, it. i think it was yeah um but wolfie is like he's such a cool guy yeah and he, looks, he seems like he'll be like a young jack black type of yeah type of guy. yeah he's got he's like dave grohl him and dave grohl are yeah. like almost the same person i swear but wolfie's like he's this like super funny and fun loving guy and you know like just everything about his personality is so cool and so fun, but he also doesn't take shit. He yeah. gives it right back, and I love that about people because I'm the same way. I'm like, you know, you know from experience, yeah. like if you're being stupid, I'm yeah. gonna tell you you're being stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, especially when you do it in a funny way. Yeah, exactly. I feel like nepotism babies have been all over the news 
like the controversy. I don't know of any others offhand. Like, say even, like... um, So you don't either. No, yes, I do. (laughs) I'm thinking, like, better examples. But, like, um, Miley Cyrus, when it comes to artists. But, like... um, she could be considered an epidemic baby. Um, well, that's just because of her divorce with what's his name. Well, her dad, Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like she. I, everybody knows Miley Cyrus, yeah. but like, I don't. I don't feel like she hasn't been under blast because of her name. You know. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, but she like right now, yeah. if you talk about oh Miley Cyrus, it's about that song with the flowers or whatever. I think it's called flowers yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And yeah. because of her divorce with who is it, Adam Levine or something like no, that. Or? No. Who the hell was she Liam, married to? Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I knew it was something with like an Adam L in there. Adam Levine was know. on trial uh, because he it was cheater, cheater. Oh, Adam really? Levine. Yeah. Oh, really? He, yeah. He was. Okay. I could be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was like married and like, I think his wife was pregnant or something. And then he was like caught cheating with like so many different. Oh, he's becoming women. Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't really think of any nepotism. I just listened to a podcast all about it. Um, you need to watch it again because you're not. You're not doing. You're not keeping just, up. Come well, on. You were talking about nepotism with. Um, with Wolfie, yeah. Exactly. Van Halen, yeah. Yeah. So. But that's like the only. No, it's no. I swear I to God, swear that's the only one that I can think of. I'm. I'm gonna bring up some oh, examples. Oh, she's gonna start diving <laughs> gonna in. All right. On this podcast. Okay. Um. We're gonna have a, a Jamie like Jorgen has. Jamie, pull this up. Yeah, yeah. Pull this yeah. up, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> get a hundred pound, a hundred <laughs> silverback or whatever it was like three hundred pound gorilla. Man, gorilla. there was <laughs> <laughs> there was an episode of uh, Jorgen and he had Theo Vaughn on. Yeah, and that um, guy's funny as shit. Man, yeah, Theo Vaughn is so funny, and he doesn't even try. Yeah, but like, like he's talking about something and Theo Vaughn like can't really back up what he's saying. And, like, Jamie always, like, pulls stuff up, and Jorgen's yeah. always, like, like Jimmy pulls up for me, and yeah. he's got it. Theo Vaughn's, uh, like, um, like, Jimmy, help me out. Pull, pull me up some help. Pull me up some help. Hey, pull that up, man. Pull that up. Hey, he wasn't even saying, like, pull this up for me. He was just like, Jamie, get me some help. Pull me up some help. <laughs> pull me up some backup. Come I on. know. You could find something. Just pull something <laughs> yeah, out of that bag of tricks. You, come on. You could find something, Jamie. Help? You could help me, yeah. Please. But what, was, what was that podcast called, though? The one, the one I was listening to, I was yeah. listening to um, Emma Chamberlain. Um, she has a podcast, and she just talks about different topics. And yeah, she was I know talking who that all is. about nepotism. No, Emma Chamberlain, I know who that is. Yeah. I definitely know who that is. Did, was she like an actor that, that went to no, podcasting? No, like, she's, she's like, just a podcaster? She was like one of the most famous YouTubers. Oh, really? And now she's expanded into like she's so interviewing podcasts. <laughs> Do you think he... He knows any famous YouTubers or anything? PewDiePie. PewDiePie, Markiplier, Jacksepticeye. There you go. Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. Beast. We went to his burger place. We didn't get... We we walked by it. We we were in the mall. We walked by it. The the line was ridiculous. You don't want to be associated with that guy because he'll give you a free Tesla and then you'll be canceled for fascism. Um, (laughs) Dakota Johnson, um, who was in the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Sure, yeah, the one I definitely watch as a straight white man, <laughs> definitely, yeah. Um, she's a nephew baby. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Okay. Uh, Willow Smith, Jaden Smith. 
Okay. How do you feel about that one? I'd... What about it? Do you think they would be famous if it wasn't for their dad? Yeah, Will Smith no. got them like all their acting and music yeah, stuff. No. See, exactly. I just wasn't sure what the point was of all of that. Like you said, you were like, "Oh, I've heard a lot about nepotism babies," and I was like, "Oh, Wolfie's like, the only one that I've heard of in oh. in like mainstream yeah. media, relevant mm-hmm. right now." You know what I mean? The Kardashians. No one gives a shit about the Kardashians, <laughs> they're, they're, especially at me. this point. They're they're famous just for being famous. Yeah, if I saw a Kardashian in front of me in Los Angeles, like I was driving like any car, especially a big truck or something in Los Angeles, I would not stop. Man, did you? I hate those people. Did you see Kim Kardashian like the car that she got? Like, no, might have been like a year or two I, ago. I just told you I don't care. Okay, yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> no. I saw you. You may have seen it. She got like the the Lamborghini like SUV. Oh, the covered, ooze. covered, ooze. covered in white Sherpa on the outside. <laughs> no way. On the outside, covered in white <laughs> no Sherpa. Way. Isn't it so, like that like it's like wool almost? Yeah, like, yeah. Sheepskin. If you yeah. get that wet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> she does if, live in LA. If it rains. You're gonna have to like ring the car but out. But she probably doesn't drive. She probably doesn't. Probably she probably she, well, if she probably does. doesn't see half the car she owns. Kim Kardashian is now a lawyer. If you didn't know, she has her own podcast she too. That that's I a good to. example of nepotism in its finest because her father was a famous lawyer. And she couldn't solve the fucking puzzle on the back of the Lucky Charms box. Well, Wait, wh- no, was she, her dad the lawyer? Yes. I thought Rob, it was her mom. Rob Kardashian was the lawyer for O.J. Simpson. Oh, the OJ Simpson trial. I believe it was. I, okay. I could be yeah. wrong. Don't yeah. quote me on yeah. that. But I think that was right. Or I don't know if he was. I know the families are very closely connected. I know. I don't know if he was just his friend through it or if no. He, he was his he... lawyer. Yeah, okay. he was because that that was the whole reason why Rob got famous because it was the OJ mm-hmm. case. But yeah, no. Kim is like trying to get um, like accused, uh, wrongly accused out of prison. She's done it for like multiple mm. cases. What? Yeah. Is this some dude she's trying to bust out of prison or? No, she has. Like she has um, gotten multiple guys out of prison. Oh, you mean like? Oh, okay. Like multiple, she'll find multiple cases. Guy, multiple yeah. wrongly accru- accused, accused guys out of yes. prison. Okay. I mean, it's a noble cause. It's just a not noble person doing it. Like that's the <laughs> yeah. last. If I was in court for like third degree manslaughter. And I saw that bitch sitting in the de- in the okay, like as my my defense attorney. I would just I'm guilty. Do you, do you <laughs> just put me in? I'm not. Do you just not like her because she's famous or like? No, not at all. Her? It's because she's a moron, and all of her sisters and the rest of them are the generous too. Kylie, the. Uh-huh. But they're pretty yeah. smart to expand their business into what it is. Like, use their name that they're giving. You really think that expand. they were the ones that did that? Who did it? The whole legal team that their parents probably own. Okay, Their but they continue the brand. Lawyers, They've expanded like, like um, Kylie. You're talking about a, hold on. You're talking about a woman who bought a Lamborghini Urus, the SUV, and covered it in sheepskin. I I doubt that. I we're gonna need I to fact check saw, that one. I mean, I, I, I know for, that's wrong. Again, I don't. It may have not been Sherpa, people. but it was covered in some sort of fuzzy material. Who was it? Who got it? Kim Kardashian. It what? was like maybe like a year or two ago. I I, I, I know yeah, for a fact. I saw her with a car. That had some sort of fuzz or fur on it. All I'm saying is, and as it a was disgusting. Attorney, I I would much sooner trust a like a gas it. station attendant than Kim Kardashian. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. 
I don't. I mean, hey, maybe she's really good at it. I don't know. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but well, she has the money to pretty much do whatever she exactly. Wants, so. So she goes, I want to be a lawyer today. And then she just goes, bam, here's the money for it. And, you know, that's that's how our government works. If you got the money, you could be whatever you want. I'm surprised she doesn't so. try to run for president yet. Oh, don't even. Well, her husband did. Yeah, he also says that uh, oh, right. Hitler's that, not a bad guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah Kanye but I don't is think a, it's her husband anymore. I think they, they, they've yeah, they been divorced. long yeah. divorced. Yeah. Isn't, Kanye, isn't Kanye getting, like, remarried? Or like sometimes soon or something. All I remember I, I thought, is he, so. he watched he watched Twenty One Jump Street and goes Jonah Hill makes me made me like Jews again. And I was like, yo, <laughs> that that was funny, a unfunny situation, but a funny comment out of an unfunny situation. Yeah, Kanye. Oh, he's rip just, Kanye, dude. Fucking rip Kanye see, hard. Like the, the problem with Kanye, what he means is not what he says. He just does not know how to word what he's because talking he about. Because he has mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> That is not so, like, true. Have you listened to Kanye's music? Like, I mean, no. <laughs> but I, I've listened to. I'm not a big rap guy, but I have listened to a lot of. Like I wouldn't say a lot, but a few of Kanye's songs, and like the dude has really good penmanship. You know, like he can pen a really good song and be yeah, very especially, insightful about it. Especially um, in his album "Jesus Is King," the line um, "Closed on Sunday, you might Chick Fil A." Which he repeats over and over again. That that, that made me one cry. Was a that really good that one. lyric made me cry. I was bawling my eyes out. I can't give you out. any any examples off the top of my head, but I know that there have been like points where he's been actually really good with lyrics and stuff. But yeah, he's he's a great lyricist. Never, but when he's like trying to talk yeah. about politics and stuff, have you seen him on the Ellen stuff? Show? No, no. Oh, it is like scary. He just goes into this like rant type. A lot of times, speech, a lot of times, if I see anybody on any kind of talk show, it's I'm only tuning in because it's somebody I'm interested in. Yeah, like Dave Grohl or something to that effect. Like if you're talking about musicians in and of themselves, but I mean the the whole political discourse that's been going on between like Kanye and Alex Jones and like all these people, mm-hmm. it, like. I mean, you can't escape it anymore. You, you know, it doesn't matter what app you're on. You're gonna see, especially memes about left yeah. Twitter, right Twitter. You know, like all that shit. I'm bipartisan. I don't give a fuck either way. I just live here. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much but it. All those new like deep fakes of stuff happening. Oh, dude, that's funny as hell. Like, even though people are like, "Oh, this is gonna cause a lot of problems." Like, it I'll, is. Look, I'll look at it. Oh, I, I'm just like, I, I don't believe any of it unless I actually see like. And affecting a no, lot of stuff. No, it's going to cause problems it's, in the future. I, I but know, but like, but like the deep fakes of like the president Trump playing getting Minecraft like, and going to McDonald's. That's funny as hell. Yeah, that, that is really funny. But yeah. like, um, but there's like, like the deep fake deep, uh, deep fake pictures of Trump getting like arrested and like yeah. tackled to the ground. Yeah, and it's like, and it looks right, real. And it looks real, but it's like, it just kind of looks funny. Like I don't, I don't believe the stuff until like I hear. Well, I know like, when it comes to deep fakes, you got to look sources. at the hands because. AI can't really do hands for some reason. Yeah. So it makes like a sixth finger. So that's like yeah. what you're supposed to look. I've for. also seen that um, it's not good good at um, placing arms and legs behind a structure. Yeah. Like if it, it'll, it'll be like that, like a pencil behind a water bottle, like the leg will be like off. Right. Off from it, like it does that a lot. Yeah. It's not. It's not straight the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I've also heard a lot about um. But you know what else is pretty cool is um. There is actually AI software that makes music. Oh, I've I've heard about I that. I wanted to check that out. I, I didn't check. I've it out heard yet, about but... that, but I haven't. Yeah, I haven't checked it out. And there's also like the um, 
like the Google Chatbot was it Chat GPT? Yeah, I've I've heard about that. I've seen I, that. I, I wanna, I've seen a couple of videos. I want to try to mess but, with that, but like, but I don't there know. is a, there's a software that's just straight up dedicated. You can like put in genres, time signatures, what feel you're going for. Like it could be you know house rave or church wedding. You know like, and in the form of like a Scottish like bagpipes and like whatever you want to throw in there and it'll I've, make a song out of it. I've heard that that's that's going to be used for uh, promoting somebody's music without actually putting out their song. Yeah. It'll be like this is like what the vibe is. This is what, like kind of like the sound of it but this is not our song so it's like not like leaking it. Well I think it's cool too because it's not copyrighted music so like if that, you that's wanted true. it for YouTube videos or yeah. podcasts whatever you could just make a song like this is the vibe I'm going for. I've used then, that with like the art like the AI generated art thing. Yeah. Because like, if you just have a very vague thing, it'll give you the worst blob picture right, of things. Yeah. But if you get more detailed with it, it'll actually make, like, a really... It'll look like a professional, like, yeah, artist we from, like, from like the 1400s, like, doing a painting. Like, it'll look like that. Yeah, remember then, we were making album covers with it. Yeah. But, like, things like that, like... The fact that that's happening now, and, like, by the time we're, like, 80, like, the amount of growth it could have... Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't just think want back, it to. Think back like 20, <laughs> not even, like 15 years to like the old DS's Game Boys mm-hmm. and how yeah. they're obsolete now. I, we basically. should go back to that time. Like the, this, no. this advancement of technology scares me so I love much. it and hate it, you know? Because yeah. like, you know, as a musician, we've got a lot of really cool technology that helps us record. I mean, even right now, just the thought like we're sitting here, two microphones on a table into a laptop. And, you know, ideally we would have been using your focus, right? But it just wasn't lining up. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the fact that we're sitting here recording onto a electronic device that you're going to edit, crap, post, whatever, and throw it up on social media. And people, you could listen to it halfway across the globe in a matter yeah. of seconds. It's and like, crazy. And like 50 years ago, you, know? you couldn't do that. It had to be like in like a radio station and yeah. you had to like and own like the radio And other people had to have a radio that they could listen to you with yeah. in, in the like... The general area. It, yeah, yeah. So it didn't go more than like 250 thir- miles. But also, yeah, it's like, if AI like, yeah. is now making music, I feel like that that's the type where it's like takes away from actual musicians. You know, if you could just have music made whenever, I feel like music is going to be less genuine. Like you were saying, how with some of the other bands, you could like hear the story behind it and yeah. like the reason for the music we're not going to have that if ai is making all the music well see a lot of this is actually a, a sort of similar debate already with the uh the who was it oh god it was it was like it was one of the bands like falling in reverse or made a parade or something or, it might have been black veil brides or okay. something and they like lost or they were stolen their laptops were stolen or something like that they were out in like europe i think hmm. or something like that and because of that, they didn't have their backing tracks for their songs. So they, I think they oh. just canceled the show. They refunded everybody or they said, oh, we'll come back and, you know, like your tickets are good when we come back or whatever it was. But, and it raised a lot of like controversy on Twitter, especially because they're like, what band needs a backing track to play? And it's like, I'm, I'm with those guys that are like, why do you need a backing track? Because in my mind, it's not like, like, I understand why they do it. You know, it's like, well, we want to, there's certain things that about our music that we need a backing track for. And it's, you know, it's just like effects and stuff like background effects, like explosions or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, 
like but, just like background like sound right because see like they're not incubus they don't have a dj so they don't have yeah. people that can do it live you know so they have mm-hmm. to have a backing track but also they were using it for like click tracks and stuff and yeah. you know especially with complex time signatures it's it really like having a click track helps a lot yeah but see that to me is more of like i don't know that's more to stay tight because the farther away you are, and especially if you're in a room and having acoustics, you know, bounce back, it can throw the band out of sync with each other. And Adam, yeah. Neely, I think it was Adam Neely on YouTube actually has a really good video about in-ear monitors and how it keeps everybody on the same, like they're tight and all that. It's really cool. But my thing about the backing tracks is like when I go to a concert, I don't want to hear the studio tracks. If I want to hear the studio yeah, tracks... Yeah, I want to hear the live version. Yeah, if I want to hear the studio tracks, I'll put on a fucking headset and do it myself. I'll yeah. drop Led Zeppelin three on my record player and, you know, go to town. But when I go to a concert, I want to see the live iteration of that in all of its imperfections and flaws and stuff. I mean, Eddie Van Halen said it the best. Perfection is boring, you know? Yeah. Nobody wants to go to a concert and see the same concert every time. You went to see Stevie Ray Vaughan in the 80s, you had no idea what the fuck you were in for with that guy, especially. Zeppelin, big, very big on, like, vamping and just doing random shit. You know, they would just pull a song out of their rear ends and go, yeah, we're going to jam on this in the middle of Whole lot of Love for 25 minutes. And that was awesome. No backing tracks, no electronical mumbo-jumbo, just them and their instruments, you know, in all of their glory. That's what yeah. I'm about, is... Give me the imperfection. Let me go see Foo Fighters and watch them play My Hero, and it's a little bit different than how it would have been on the album. You yeah. Know? You know, drop tune a song, up tune a song. Like, you might have seen a guy, like, he played Metallica's one, but st- uh, I think it was tuned to C sharp standard. Oh, yeah, yeah, Something like that. And, like, if Metallica did that, people would lose their fucking minds. You know, and they kind of do already do that. But, like, that's the magic of show performances is like yeah you have the creative liberty to do whatever you want yeah you know you can sit down and you could play master of puppets on sitars if you really wanted to <laughs> you know and people would eat that shit up they already do you know yeah and th- like that's what's really cool about it but like even going back to like our own gigs like two years ago you know like we would blend songs together or we'd take moby dick and you know, while you're doing your drum fill, me and Iggy would be doing our, like, I'd, I'd have my swells with the delay. Yeah. You know, and add some cool, like, whale noises going on. Mm-hmm. And then whatever the fuck Iggy was doing with Above <laughs> the Nut. Remember that fucking jank, jank, jank. <laughs> that, Yeah. And that was, that was so funny. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. That was a classic Iggy moment. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, like, you know, doing that live, like, at the Riverside and, and, and uh, Emmaus and stuff, like, you know, it's it's just really cool, and it's like, why do you need a backing track? Why do you need to sound exactly like the studio to play yeah. the music? You know, it, I mean, it's it is what it is, you know. But some people need it, some people don't. But I'm still I'm a big proprietor of now, nah, man. Go as analog as you can get without being throwing sticks, you know. Yeah. Because that just it, there's this authenticity to it, you know. Yeah. I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. Right. Pause it. Well, we came back from the bathroom, and now we have snacks. So if you hear chewing, yeah, we got cops. You can cut this combos. out post, right? I can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> no matter. All right, cool. Because I'm going to say some 
really fucked up shit, and I think you should cut it out. <laughs> uh-huh. Give us your most controversial opinion. Oh. Which one? Everything I say is a controversial opinion. Uh-huh. Um. That is a good question. Music related or just like at all? Yeah, give us maybe a music related, maybe one random. Well, music related, I can tell you my most controversial opinion about music is that the Beatles are not a good band. They were just the first band to make popular-esque music in a time when women were allowed to openly be horny. That's, that's the only reason why the Beatles are even remotely popular. I will die on that hill. I think the Beatles are... I respect them for what they did, but I, otherwise I think their musical shit is just terrible. Paul McCartney, pretty good. Ringo Starr, I could literally drop a bucket off a roof and make a better drum beat than him. <laughs> George Harrison, overrated. I'm sorry, overrated. And who's a lot... John Lennon. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't really give two shits about John Lennon. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You know what but. he did really good? Um... Making the Sun. Sean. Right, yeah. But uh, Sean's an amazing musician. Especially the stuff with uh, Les Claypool. But, like, if you really sit down and think about it, like, you go back and listen to any of the Beatles records and tell me that they are legitimately, like, it really gets your brain moving, you know? You could say that about Rush. You could say that about Dream Theater. You could say it about even fucking Megadeth. But... The Beatles played four chords, and that's it. That's my controversial opinion. I know a lot of people would probably want to shoot me on the spot, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they have enough fans. They don't need you. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Ra- very random question. What's your biggest fear? Oh, man. Biggest fear? I'll say mine afterwards. It's a weird one. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear yours. I'd say Isolation. Is my biggest fear. I thought he was going to say yours at first. Yeah, that whatever would... yours is. Yeah, whatever your biggest fear is, that's also mine. But you would be ashamed <laughs> when you hear my biggest fear. You well, mean I... isolation as in, like, if you were in, like, um, a prison cell by yourself forever? Or is it, like, like middle of the woods? The feeling of isolation. Something that always keeps me up at night is thinking about what happens after you die. Because mm-hmm. I'm not the religious type. I don't really think there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. There may be, there may be not. I'm kind of the, on the fence about it, you know. I'm agnostic, I don't know. But the more logical thought is that if your life doesn't just end and there's nothing, then imagine you're stuck floating through an inky black void for the rest of eternity. Nobody, just you. That scares the shit out of me. You know. What scares me thinking about because I thought about a lot of different afterlife um, options, possibilities, and I've thought a lot about reincarnation and the thought about like being brought back but having no recollection yeah. of this. So I'm not the same person, but I at the same time, I want to like, be a worm. <laughs> I want to be a bear. <laughs> But yeah, just everything happening now is just going to be wiped from existence. We'll never. It's yep. like what's the point? you'll ne- at least you'll never know. Exactly. All right, babes. What's your greatest fear? <laughs> no, my biggest fear. 
icebergs. I'm not even lying. It's, it's icebergs. It's not like um, it's not like if I see it, I'm like ah. No, you don't <laughs> like understand. A, it's not like physical icebergs. It's like now we're gonna talk about the Marvel iceberg, and then Bibbs just shits his pants. <laughs> but like um, I don't know like what caused it, but like when I see icebergs. I just got like an extreme feeling of like dread, like something is like really wrong. And I you watched like, Titanic. <laughs> That's it. It's just because you watched Titanic. I watched Titanic, but like I don't remember anything about the iceberg. But then he says he wants to go to Antarctica. I would the love iceberg, to go to Antarctica. The, like, the iceberg was the OG of that movie. They they casted the iceberg perfectly. Yeah, if there was no iceberg, there would be no Titanic. Yeah, exactly. So, pr- shout out to icebergs, man. <laughs> like, icebergs. The, the end of the Titanic, like the big, the big fame of it, yeah, would be something in the newspaper in like 1918. Yeah, would have been in the newspaper for about a year, and then we, we would have moved on. Imagine they made a movie about well, you know that's um, the Titanic just makes it, just goes across, and that's the whole <laughs> movie. There's a there's a big conspiracy theory that surrounds that and says they sunk it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I know what that I'm talking one. about. Yeah. What is that one? Because there's a bunch of legislators yeah. that were against the Federal Reserve, I think it was. And they were all on the Titanic. They all got invited. And all the people or or one guy or a bunch of people, I forget what it was, that were supposed to be that were the opposition to it or whatever. Or supported it. They canceled their ticket and never went and on the also Titanic. The hmm. Titanic is not it's like not they were actually the exactly. Titanic. They were yeah. supposed to be on a different boat or a different. The actual cruise. Titanic was repainted to be the Victoria or something like that, mm-hmm. the HMS Victoria, and then the HMS Victoria was repainted to be the Titanic. So mm-hmm. eventually, essentially, they committed massive tax fraud or insurance fraud rather, because they sunk the wrong boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I I love conspiracy theories like Dude. the some of the more wild ones. But you don't like Bigfoot. <laughs> he doesn't like. I think about them, and then some of them, like, I actually not believe, but like, I question reality. You might like learning about them, but you don't question reality at all. My buddy Andrew's I, into that stuff. He he likes to. I'm a very common sense sort of person. Conspiracy theories, more so on the like the actual conspiracy theories, like. I mean, I must say, actual. I mean, like that are happening now, that kind of thing, mm. against Donald Trump or against Joe Biden or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I like the older conspiracy theories, like the, the old like know, aliens landing at kinda, like, like yeah. Roswell. Well, they, like the moon landing being faked. Like I like um, to see people. The Earth being flat. Yeah, yeah. Dude, those people. No, okay. Mm, I think flat it's all earthers about, no. are the. The whole flat earth a different conspiracy. breed. Their brains made of slugs. No, it's all about <laughs> questioning the Hell government. Yeah. It's it's all about like the government has told us everything we know about science and like the earth being round and all this stuff. That is true. And, and then when they NASA is controlled by the government, that's why they think the moon landing is fake. Yeah, which is like try to prove to me that the moon landing is fake. You know, like actually, I've, I've heard people talking about it, and the amount of work that they took to, like, a uh, fake it, it would have been easier just to actually go to the moon. Yeah, exactly. From all the work that they actually did to fake it, because they launched a real rocket. The real rocket went up into space. Well, it's like think about it. You can pull out your telescope tonight, and if you're on the right side of the Earth, you can see where they landed the moon rover 
And the I believe the base module. What do you mean if you're on the right side of the Earth? Like, well, because oh, maybe I'm. Just the moon wrong. doesn't spin. Yeah, but it's co-orbital or whatever the word is. So like, it's totally locked. The, we see the same face every yeah, spot. Yeah, but on doesn't Earth. don't the Chinese and like the Asians see a different side of the moon? No, when the Earth is tidal, or the the moon is tidally locked into the Earth. Yeah. So it basically spins. The moon spins around at the same speed that it orbits the Earth. So the same yeah. face is always fa- facing the Earth, no matter where it is. I could have sworn Earth. that it was like the same point, but it, like, so it spins so that way the Earth. Like, you see the same part of the moon from the same part of the Earth, you know what I mean? I thought that was how that worked. No, no, no. It's just the, the same part of the, the moon always faces the Earth. Hmm. Either way. Wait, there my, has to be... My, my point is that you could pull out your telescope, point it at the moon, and if you have a powerful enough telescope, you can see the moon... They also have the, mirrors the, on there, so you could actually shine the, shine yeah. lights on the mirrors to and see them see reflecting the, and You stuff. could see the landing base of the Eagle lander, yeah. the capsule, you know? So it's all there, but it's like people are like, oh, no, it's just, it's a big picture. <laughs> like, they just went up in space and just put up a big picture. That's what you're looking at. It's not real. I mean, like, do you even hear yourself right now? Flat Earth is my favorite, though, when it comes to the ridiculous ones. Because, it, it's so funny. Like, my buddy Jesse When I try goes, to prove it right, yeah, it's, the, it's the funniest my thing. My buddy Jesse goes, so wait, how is the world actually round? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's flat, bro. It has to be. Because why can I drive straight <laughs> flat to florida and all that and i'm like because the, right. the curvature of the earth is only like 0.8 degrees or whatever so i have a question for you as a pilot then i can't confirm that the world is a globe if that's so what you're so ask. you so you've seen the curvature <laughs> yeah would you be allowed to go to antarctica allowed in the sense of like land there i mean i don't think it's like, like a I don't think it's like a reserved airspace. No. So I mean, I think if no. if you're Antarctica able, if you're physically able open. to go there, you can go there. Yeah, not the best idea though, because you can't stop it's, and refuel. So there's no like like hidden like like rules for pilots to not go to certain places. Oh, absolutely, but no, really, like military bases and stuff. It well, it depends on where you are. If you're in the United States, you can't fly over to Washington D.C. Uh, without a special flight rules area training, or CIFRA for short. Same thing with the Hudson River corridor. You can't fly up the Hudson River by, the uh, by New York. You know New York without mm-hmm. a CIFR training. Part of that, um, the flatter theory. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't don't believe, but I I have researched it. Is that um, certain flight patterns don't mm-hmm. make sense based off the globe? So like the way. Yes. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying. I do Can because. Ex- yeah. So basically, a lot of times you look at a globe and you'd be like. Well, wouldn't it make more sense to go, like, if you're flying from, say, JFK to Moscow, wouldn't it make more sense to go straight? And because of the way that the Earth is shaped, no, it actually doesn't make more sense. That's why if you, it, it is straight. It's a straight line. It's just that if you look at it on a globe, it's more of an arc because you're what you're doing is flying closer to the pole and essentially going over the ice caps you know instead of like you look at a flat map it looks like you're just going you know under it but if you were to draw a straight line towards the top of a globe that was laid flat and just draw a straight line from like you know what's that british columbia or whatever to like iceland you know past that part really high and then refold it back into a globe it'd be curved because that part of the earth is you know it's getting to the curve point so 
a lot of times they go, oh, well, it has to be flat because the straight line, it wouldn't, you wouldn't hit Moscow. It's like, if you just draw a line on a ball, a fucking beach ball, and then pop it and lay it flat, you'll see that that line is curved. But if you blow it back up and do a beach ball, it's straight, you know, and vice versa. That does make sense. So it's it's a little weird to think about, but it's these like higher function thinking that these people don't do. <laughs> they just go, well, the I drive and I go straight, and the it, I it doesn't change, so it must be flat. And it's like, well, I personally have flown at twenty two thousand feet. I've flown at thirty seven thousand feet. I've seen the fucking stars from the airplane windows, and you can see the curvature of the Earth too. I mean. A good one is if you pull up on Google, type in SR-71 Blackbird, highest flight, pictures, whatever. You'll see the crew in the Blackbird at, I think it was 80,000 feet, looking out, and the fucking, it's literally a globe. They're so high, it, it is a globe. That would be so scary to see. Have you ever That's had any awesome. scares, like, flying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of times it's it's, like, head game stuff, because... A lot of people don't realize how safe flying actually is compared to, you know, what movies or media might tell you. Have you have to tell it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you can attest to it because you – actually, both of you because you've been flying with me before. Mm -hmm. But so, like, a lot of stuff, some close calls that I've had are, like, on takeoff or landing. Like, a buddy of mine and I were flying out of Jake Arner up here by Beltsville Lake, and uh, we topped off our plane, and it only had, like, 160 horsepower or something. And, and we did a quick weight and balance to see where we were at. And we were like two pounds shy of the maximum takeoff weight. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, dude. This is going to be sketchy. He goes, ah, whatever, fuck it. So, you know, we power up and take get off the ground. And it's it was not, it did not want to climb. It was like, oh, my God. And I'm going over the tree. I'm scraping the top of the trees with my tail and my wheels. I swear to God. And it was like, it was sketchy as hell. But we obviously made it back okay. But, like, you know, it was close. We used every inch of that runway. I swear to God. And. It's, it's mostly stuff like that, but, I mean, I've flown to North Carolina on a cracked cylinder head, which is not good, to put it that way. A um, uh, flight I took with a buddy of mine in a, at a corporate uh, PC-12 Pilatus turboprop. Uh, we lost our elevator servo on the way back from Maine, so our autopilot cut out. We'd been flying for about 16 hours and had to hand fly it all the way home at 23,000 feet in icing conditions and thunderstorms so that was pretty messy we were trading off he'd sleep for 15 minutes and then wake i'd wake him up and then i'd sleep for 15 minutes and we just keep trading back and forth for about two and a half hours yeah that sounds rough it was well and then he looks out the window and he goes oh hey we're picking up ice and i'm like ice like as a <laughs> private pilot you hear ice it's like you're dead pretty much because as much as i think the consistency of sandpaper on the top of a wing can cut that wing's ability to produce lift by about 30 to 50 percent and you know it's that's real scary because you know that's where all your lifts coming from and then you know there's also such a thing as tailplane icing and if your elevator and vertical stabilizer get iced up you know and you can't you lose the lift effectiveness you're not going to be able to hold altitude you're just going to go straight down and you know like there's some serious safety concerns when that kind of comes involved so Long answer to your short question is, yeah, I've had some pretty close calls. Oh, boy. You ever do a barrel roll? Yep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know those the planes the planes that we flew in together. Like yeah. They, those, those can't handle that. They're not authorized. Could you actually do it? Yeah. Would you be able to do it multiple times? Probably not. But 
um, the there is a guy who actually flies in an air in air shows. I've seen him at Oshkosh a few times, uh, and he flies a Baron, a twin engine general aviation, like what I fly pretty much, but it was specially built to do aerobatics. And he'll shut his engines off and just like you know do barrel rolls and stuff. And it's like as a again as a private pilot, you're just like. That dude just shut both of his engines off. What is he doing? You know, it's crazy. But no, I've I've flown um, Cetabrias, which are tail draggers, very small, light, you know, made of fabric and nothing crazy. And a guy that I was flying with, I was nine years old. We went up, did hammerheads, wingovers, Immelmans, like split at, like all these crazy aerobatic maneuvers and stuff. And it was super fun. I, if anybody ever flies, like you know. It's not like your standard. You get on an airliner, go to Jacksonville, Florida. It's like it's much more fun when you go upside down and stuff. But some people are like deathly afraid of it. So obviously they're never going to do it. Like my sister, my sister will never do it. I keep offering to take her and the and her, her husband and kids, and she's like, "No, nah, I'll just drive," you know. So it's not for everybody. All right, we'll end off with one final question: being a Guitar player, guitarist. Mm, what is your dream guitar? guitar? Oh no! Don't do that to me. <laughs> oh no. I I don't know to be honest. I've had a lot of. I mean, let's start with the obvious ones. Is like Jimmy Page's double neck guitar, the twelve seventy five, the Gibson, or I mean, there's a lot of Jimmy Page guitars. Um, if you're talking about just generic brands. I can tell you I have a, an Ernie Ball Music Man Axis. I absolutely love it to death. That's probably my favorite guitar. I mean, I mean I've played Telecasters, Stratocasters, Les Pauls, SGs. I mean, I've played all types of guitars, but as far as the best playing like uh, the the Axis is just it does everything. It's a jack of all trades, and I'm kind of a jack of all trades myself, so I like instruments that are jack of, jacks of all trades. But if you're talking about like a signature guitar cuz you know like, they even just released a um, Kirk Hammett Les Paul uh, signature guitar for $20,000, which is ridiculous. But, you know, like, when it comes to signature models, you can go crazy. Jimmy Page's Dragon guitar uh, uh, from Pink Floyd. David Gilmore's uh, Black Strat, you know, and, and even Eric Clapton's Black Strat, you know. But if I had to pick one of those, I'd say probably Dimebag Daryl's Bolt Cat, uh, Dime Bolt. I think mm. that one's pretty badass. I like that one a lot. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so I guess I, my dream guitar probably would be to have it to, to have an original Jimmy Page guitar would be super cool because he's like my favorite. But I mean, yeah, that's that's probably it because there's some stupid expensive guitars out there you probably know because drum kits can be ridiculously yeah. expensive especially so. since there's uh each individual part of a drum kit is equally as expensive as like an entire like guitar yeah exactly when it's you, like all the symbols are like three thousand dollars the kit itself is like another three thousand yeah. dollars all the heads are like well that's the thing is like would you rather bucks, would you rather bucks. have like a signature kit or would, is there like a particular kit that you would just rather have you know yeah like uh for me personally drum kit wise i do have a dream kit but I'll, i would play like any kit because like yeah drum make sound i like mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Fair enough. But um, yeah, like the my dream kit. Um, it's a Ludwig Bonham Vistalite. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the acrylic Is one. The five piece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that would be super. Like cool. my my dream kit would be that, but with a um. With an extra rack tom, so it's two rack tom, two floor tom, instead of one rack tom, two floor tom. Yeah. And I would want it in green. Yeah. But, like, I know what you're talking when, about. I, when I get it, I'm probably going to get it in, like, pink or red. Okay. So, like, yeah. it'll work for, like, like gigging and stuff like that with, like, my band. So, it's, like, a yeah. decent, See, decently strict I mean. color code it's with my band, but, like, that, yeah. that kit. Right. That kit. But then with symbols, I, I'm, I don't know why, but I'm very strict. I only play Zildjian. Yeah. Or I, I only buy Zildjian. I'll play other symbols. I'm kind of the same way with but strings. I, I only buy yeah. Zildjian because like I just it's like my specific taste and it. it's like I know what they sound like. I know what they feel like. I know how to handle them. I know what I can use them for. Yeah. So I just I trust them. Yeah. Like, like I other said, symbols I, I, I could play, but like I just don't know them. Yeah. I kind of do the same thing with strings because I could play any guitar for the most part, but I really only play Ernie Ball strings. Yeah. The, the Cobalt strings because I like I like strings that are soft, like. It's kind of weird to explain, but they're like they're softer than bronze or uh, nickel. You know, the, the the cobalt ones for whatever reason, super soft feeling strings, and they're very like floppy. So I love having a low and a high end that you can bend seven frets if you wanted to. Like yeah. that looseness, I love that. When the strings are super taut and very hard, and it's like even bending like two frets kind of hurts your fingers. Like yeah. I hate that. But I feel this for a lot of like like metal stuff. Yeah, because it's it's less for about bending and it's more about just like like the. Well, I mean, it's also if tuning it's, and stuff like that. Yeah, it fits a lot of genres too. Like Stevie Ray Vaughan again is a good example of drop tuning half set below standard and mm. his strings. You know, he put a thicker gauge on because that's what you're supposed to do, but it was like it was already lighter than what it was supposed to be when he down tuned it so even oh. putting the thicker one on it was still lighter than probably what it should have been and mm. you watch him bend and stuff i mean he's bending like fucking looks like 10 frets you know so it's crazy but that's see that's the thing is like i don't really have a signature model of guitar that i search for you know if i'm looking i like them all for the most part i mean some of them like i don't like hollow bodies that much i've owned paul reed smiths and i uh, the lower models at least I've not been impressed by um, but like I could tell you I I very much partial to maple fretboards versus rosewood or ebony mm. um, I like flame maple tops uh, or even like bare wood I hate black and sometimes white guitars sometimes white you can pull it off but I hate black guitars I hate red guitars for the most part I like colors people don't have so I look for that purple green blue you do you know. like that I totally don't know the name of it. My brother just got it. It's it's like one of his most expensive guitars. Mm-hmm. And it's like a baby pink, but it looks completely distressed. It's a custom. I'm pretty sure it's a custom shop. Oh. But it's like, it looks like... Was it like, like 15 grand? Or not, not that much. much. Was not it like 3,000? I, th- I forget. Something around I that think ballpark. Like five. Five? But Is it a Fender? It, uh, well, like, can you describe the cutout shape? Um, like a this and a that. I might have a photo. That, I don't know these... <laughs> that looked like you just drew a butterfly. That didn't really <laughs> well, look like it. <laughs> it kind of looks like one, but I mean, it, it looks completely it, distressed. If it looks like, more symmetrical, that could be like Gibson, maybe. No. No. So, well, Gibson is a is a um. What do you call it? 
it's a single cut. I mean, unless you're getting an SG, the SG is a double cut, but, and all that means is like the top has a cutaway and the bottom looks like a Stratocaster. You know what Stratocaster? Well, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I was saying, double like cut. like the overall Versus, like like yeah. shape of it. Yeah, yeah. Like like a Fender, like it looks oh, like if you're taking I, and like like the like italics with mom it. Mom jeans, the singer of Mom jeans, plays it. Um, I feel like you're gonna pull up a St. Vincent Ernie Ball. Would you ever play with a flat wound string? Oh, yeah. Bass? Absolutely. That's all I do is flat wound. What about trying it on guitar? I don't think they make them for guitar. Because they're what if they did? Would you try it? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? So that's, why I have flat wound strings. that's why I have my, on uh, my yeah. bass. Telecaster. You guys yeah. and baby pink. I, I but love the tellies. look of it, like, it looks like oh. it just got beaten up, but he bought it's it. It's called like, relicking, yeah. Yeah. I don't So, you know what? That reminds me. It. So, I kind of, let me backtrack. When it comes to a dream guitar... I forgot about this. It was something I've wanted for a long time. Is in an originals like fifties Telecaster in seafoam green because it's like you'll never see it, and it's not exactly like because there's a different types. There's different types of seafoam seafoam green, but it's kind of like this, but like with a little more green in it, like a little brighter. I can't really put it, but with the distress in it and the flame roasted maple old school telly neck like oh god i love i would love to have one of those so i guess that would probably be like my dream guitar but like i said telling bitches like i i'll play any guitar for the most part i prefer maple fretboards but i mean i have a couple rosewood guitars and you know what they're made of isn't exactly that big of a deal a lot of guitar players will sit here and tell you like oh it's all in the tone wood it's in the fretwood it's in blah 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 whatever and that's just bullshit even the pickups the pickups the only single coil and and humbucker like single coil versus humbucker or active versus passive they'll make some difference but the speaker cone in your amplifier is where all the noise comes from and the he- the amplifier head barely touches that you know shaping sound and stuff doesn't exist it exists in the speaker cone so i don't care what the guitar is made of I just care more so how it feels and what it looks like. Because sometimes you pick up a guitar and it could be a $20,000 Gibson and you're like, man, this place is like absolute dog shit. And then you pick up like a $300 Squire and you're like, oh my God, this is the best playing guitar I've ever felt in my entire life. So it's not really about the price tag. It's just about what you like as a musician. You know, the profile of the neck, the material it's made of, the finish and shit like that. The pickups. Like I love humbuckers. With the, uh, like, you can't see the two rows of coils. It's got a plate over it. The classic Gibson, I forget what they call it. It's like just a cover plate. Love that look. You know, uh, my old guitar teacher, Steve, had a a Black Beauty. uh, I don't know if it was an original one, but it was kind of like your aunt has. Yeah. And it's got, yeah, all black, which, again, I hate black guitars, but, like, it looks so good. With the Gibson uh, diamond, like, the little logo thing on the headstock. I forget what they call that. Um, the three gold humbucker pickups and like thing was gorgeous you know beat to shit because he played it for like 40 years so actual relicking is cool but I mean there's so many like I said I could go on for like hours there's so many cool guitars out there like I would love to have an explorer like James Hetfield I think those are so cool especially the one that says eat fuck on the back of it (laughs) you know like that and then the all the dime bag guitars I mean it's just timeless it's so cool but if there was one guitar that really just dialed everything in and did it well, I think it would be the Axis, personally. Designed by Eddie Van Halen, so I mean, of course it does. 
right, well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Now, um, we'll wrap this up, and then in a little bit, we can jam. Jam? Yeah. yeah.